Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. On this Monday, October 25th, we are studying Ezekiel chapter 27, verses 1 to 36. Ezekiel takes up a lamentation for Tyre as the Lord topples their great wealth and pride. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us Pastor David Boisclare. Pastor Boisclare serves at Bethesda and Faith Lutheran Churches in North St. Louis County, Missouri. Pastor Boisclare, welcome to Sharper Iron. Yeah, it's great to be here, and it's my sort of my um, uh, advent onto the program. That's right. Yeah, you're a familiar voice on Thy Strong Word, I know, so a familiar uh, voice for our, our listeners at KFUO, and it's a, a joy to have you with us to study Ezekiel chapter 27 today, which I don't think shows up anywhere in the lectionary, Pastor Boyce Claire. I've I've never preached on it before, but it is, it's quite the text. No. And uh, it fits it fits into this context. So as, as we get started with Ezekiel 27 this morning, what kind of context in Ezekiel, his prophetic ministry, what he's been writing so far, is going to help us with what we've got for today? Well, uh, obviously, uh, as, as has been covered before, is the um, judgment against uh, uh, the uh, sinful houses of uh, Israel and the house of, of uh, Judah. And uh, of course, in, in the case of, of Ezekiel, it would only be Judah because Israel had been uh, destroyed in 722 BC. But uh, this, this is where uh, the prophet is given a word from Yahweh where he speaks against the nations, which shows that uh, Yahweh is a God of all people, a God of the universe, the only God that there is. And, uh, and in this particular case, it kind of turns toward the um, uh, the nations that are surrounding Judah. And, and here is, is one of the very great commercial uh, powerhouses of, of uh, this particular region. Uh, what's interesting about, about uh, Tyre is that no, known for purple dye of, of a shellfish, uh, it, it, that is what gave the land of Canaan its name, at least uh, according to the peoples, is it was like the land of purple or, or uh, purple dye. Although there, as, as we know in, in uh, Genesis, there is uh, the son of uh, Ham is known as Canaan. But uh, that, that, that's kind of where maybe kind of sort of a cultural idea here that so that the, the dye that uh, the Tyrian uh, Phoenicians uh, dealt with is, is, uh, is Canaan. <laughs> Uh, Pastor Boisclair, one of the things that we've talked about the last couple of, of shows here on Sharper Iron is we we gotten into this section right in the middle of Ezekiel's book that does deal with the foreign nations, is, is that sometimes these texts, and they are common in the prophets, where the Lord will speak a word to some nation around Israel, sometimes far, sometimes near. Tyre's going to be relatively close. 
these these texts can often be be difficult i think for us as as christians to one know some of the details of what's going on i mean just like what you were saying about the the purple dye there made from shellfish that's like oh i wouldn't have known that about about tyre in the land of canaan in terms of you know and one of the questions i've been asking our, our previous guests is you know this is a difficult text sometimes folks will say like a book like a Leviticus with the ceremonial laws that are there, that can be a difficult text. What, I mean, as you think about these sort of difficult sections of Scripture, do you think a text like this is more difficult than something like Leviticus? And, and for a text like this, in addition to what you said about this shows us that God is, he's God over all the nations, how are we going to take a text like this and make use of it in our lives as Christians today? Well, I, I would say that it's probably a little bit more interesting than Leviticus. I mean, Leviticus is very, uh, you know, everyone always talks about the begats and talks about, and, and, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, legal uh, jargon, you might say, in Leviticus, uh, you know, just, just uh, commandments. And th- this is this is maybe a little bit more interesting because, uh, because of the, uh, you know, uh, the mention of different parts of the world at this time. Uh, you, you, you have uh, also, uh, you know, I think it's, it can be focused in upon the, the danger of the sin of pride. Mm. Uh, and because Tyre, of course, the, the main sin that it commits is the sin of pride. And, and, and in sort of it becomes um, maybe a type of the devil, um, as as will as you will see when when you look at uh, Ezekiel 28, uh, where where uh, you know it talks about the the cherub there. So I, I would think that it, it's 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 kind of a, a point that all nations are responsible to the Lord, to Yahweh, and and to our God, and uh, so they they are held accountable by Him. Yeah, we, we will certainly see that when it comes to Tyre today. The text that we've got today is going to be called a lamentation, and yet within this lamentation, we're going to see, I, I think, what, what you're saying about the pride and the. You also mentioned the wealth, the economic powerhouse that Tyre was. Both of those things are going to come through very clearly today, and and we're going to know that in the, because of that, that's where the judgment, all nations, including Tyre, no matter how powerful they think they are, no matter how wealthy they may seem to be in an earthly sense, uh, what matters is their accountability to the Lord. And and we saw in yesterday's text how they are, they've been trying to take advantage of the fall of Jerusalem. That was what they were saying at the very beginning of chapter 26. And again, in tomorrow's text, we're also going to see more about Tyre, particularly the Prince of Tyre, how that becomes a, a type of the devil. So we've got quite a bit of, of text to cover this morning, Pastor Boyce Claire, and, and certainly, you know, some some intricacies that we can dig into. So let's let's go ahead and, and turn our attention to the text. We're in Ezekiel 27 this morning, starting at the first verse. The word of the Lord came to me. Now you, son of man, raise a lamentation over Tyre, and say to Tyre, who dwells at the entrances to the sea, merchant of the peoples to many coastlands, thus says the Lord God. O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Your borders are in the heart of the seas. Your builders made perfect your beauty. They made all your planks of fir, tree, of fir trees from Sinir. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make a mast for you. Of oaks of Bashan they made your oars. They made your decks deck of pines from the coasts of Cyprus inlaid with ivory. 
of fine embroidered linen from Egypt was your sail, serving as your banner. Blue and purple from the coasts of Elisha was your awning. The inhabitants of Sidon and Arvid were your rowers. Your skilled men, O Tyre, were in you. They were your pilots. The elders of Gebal and her skilled men were in you, caulking your seams. All the ships of the sea with their mariners were in you to barter for your wares. Persia and Lud and Put were in your army as your men of war. They hung the shield and helmet in you. They gave you splendor. Men of Arvad and Helic were on your walls all around, and men of Gamad were in your towers. They hung their shields on your walls all around. They made perfect your beauty. I'll pause there. That takes us through verse 11 of this chapter, and the, the imagery and the, the text really does shift in verse 12. We're going to hear more about what gets traded. Here, here we have a, a picture of, I, I think, both the pride of Tyre, this, this Tyre saying, I'm perfect in beauty, and also a picture of the, the wealth and maybe the excellence of Tyre. Uh, what, are, what are some of the highlights of this section, Pastor Boyce Claire? Well, it, uh, it, it, is, it seems as if it, it's sort of being compared to a ship that obviously is uh, Tyre's main vehicle of, of trade. And that, that it itself is like a ship. And then, of course, we know that Tyre was, there were two parts of that uh, city. There was the uh, mainland uh, part of Tyre, the old city. And then there was an island that was like a mile off uh, of the um, mainland and where, where they built uh, the citadel. It was like a citadel of Tyre. And uh, it, there, it had two ports. There was a port uh, open up, opening up to the north, uh, the port of Sidon. And then there was the a port at the south, which would uh, open up to the uh, ships from Egypt. And, 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 and it would sat on the sea. It, it was, uh, you know, it was considered to be impregnable. Um, and, and indeed, uh, although it, it, was, it was defeated by Nebuchadnezzar when, when he was uh, uh, ravaging uh, Canaan and, and, and Israel, or in, in Judah, of course, that it, wasn't it was only when Alexander the Great in the year 332 BC, uh, where he was able to uh, actually conquer the citadel of Tyre. So it was, it was like uh, they really thought that they were sitting pretty uh, well there in the sea, and they were, and they were very wealthy. You know, in, in uh, Jeremiah or in, in Zechariah, it says that they, they, they piled up uh, silver and gold like dust. So they were, they were pretty wealthy. Yeah, we, we, we get a, a picture of that, and that, that matter of their wealth is definitely going to come through in the, the remainder of this chapter when we hear about what they traded. Here, the, the wealth, I think, comes through in the materials. And you're right, the way that Tyre is pictured is as a ship. It's, this is the over and over again. You hear various parts of the ship. So like in verse 5, there's planks and a mast. There's oars and decks in verse 6. There's sails. And then after that, you get the those who manned the ship. So you get rowers and pilots and, and repairmen. Talk about caulking seams and, and people who are serving on this ship. And, and over and over again, I think the picture of this ship of Tyre is that, I mean, if, if you want to build a ship, you want it built like Tyre. The, this is the place to be, it sounds like. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's like uh, they, they really, they're, they're sort of like... Um, 
um, just the pride of the Phoenicians, uh, you know, and basically, I mean, this is, this is probably really the, uh, the emerald or the gold city of, or of, of Phoenicia. And they, and they talk about Tarshish, of course, Tarshish, as we know, is on the other side of the Mediterranean to the West. Uh, you know, they, uh, it was the, uh, uh, the fleet of Tyre that founded the city of Carthage on, on North Africa and to, in Tunisia. And and uh, then then Tarshish, of course, is the other end of the world. When when um, Jonah wanted to run away from the Lord, uh, he took a ship to of of, Tar, of Tarshish from Joppa, of course, because that was like the end of the line, you might say. And Tarshish, of course, could either have been in Spain or could have been the uh, island of Sardinia. So I mean, and if you want to get there, that's you're going to start here in Tyre with this fantastic port that they've got. In terms of the the image of a ship, one of the things that that crossed my mind as I was studying this text in preparation for our conversation is is the way that often in in the church, well, the the church is portrayed as a ship. You know, for example, the ark. You you know, the ark was the way the Lord saved Noah and his family on the ark on that ship through the water, it, it strikes me that, that here Tyre is pictured as a ship, which certainly, as you pointed out, makes sense geographically. To use the ship image for Tyre, that's going to be their primary mode of transportation. That makes a lot of sense. But I, I wonder, and I, I don't want to stretch the text farther than it really allows, but I wonder if the, the image of the ship here, with Tyre being said, oh, look, here's this awesome ship, that, that one of the comparisons we can make is, well, really, the ship that you need to be in isn't any man-made city, but actually the church, the people of God. What, what do you think about that kind of comparison? That would be a beautiful uh, homiletical application of this. Uh, and, um, you know, I mean, that's, that, that, that's of course, uh, the, the manner in which it, the ship needs to be, uh, you know, sailed uh, through rough seas. I mean, and then you also have the, the, the picture of our Lord and his apostles on the Sea of Galilee in, in, in a ship. And uh, that, that having, having him in the ship with you is, is a blessing. Uh, and, and of course, as, as you said, we, we should be wanting to be in the ship of our Lord rather than in the ship of humanity, or, which is opposed to God. Right, and and certainly Tyre has has opposed itself to the Lord. We saw some of that in chapter twenty six, and it's it's coming through here. It is it is kind of striking, I think, that the text begins in the first verse or second verse, excuse me, where the Lord tells Ezekiel, "Raise a lamentation for Tyre." So far, it sounds like the Lord is praising Tyre, but I I think that there's there's lamentation coming. Right. Right. And, and, and see, isn't it interesting that Tyre is not in, 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 in dire straits at the, at, the, at the moment that Ezekiel is given the burden of his prophecy that he's, he's sharing. Uh, so it's like you, you're going to sing a lamentation for it even before it has been brought down by mm -hmm. Yahweh. And so, and so it's like it, it, it shows the, the obviously it will um, suffer in its judgment from God. Hmm. Right. Well, because, and I think that's a good point, you know, raise a lamentation over Tyre, even though it's not gone yet, not at, not at this point. You know, you mentioned how Nebuchadnezzar comes and, and takes the, at least the, the mainland part and then certainly rules over the island fortress, even though he doesn't, doesn't finally defeat it. Uh, but I mean, you know, 
wait a second, why are we lamenting over Tyre at this moment? They've, they're not dead yet. The, a lament is something you do and something, someone or something has died. And yet the Lord says through his prophet Ezekiel, here's what you need to say, because it is coming. Judgment is coming. It, it, it's, a, I think, a reminder of how, you know, when the Lord speaks something, it's sure, it's certain. And this is where, you know, the, the lamentation comes in ahead of time, because the Lord surely will bring his judgment upon these prideful people. Absolutely. And, and, uh, uh, in in this particular case, I guess just the uh, all of the um, listing of all of the um, uh, the the wealth and the and the uh, and the resources of Tyre is is again to, and, and then in, in in you have there too that it, you shouldn't pride yourself in the presence of God no matter how much you have money wise or resource wise that um, you know let. Just like uh, as the Apostle Paul reminds us, let he, the one who thinks that they stand take heed lest they fall. And and uh, in this particular case, you you have the fact that God is going to um, make a day of reckoning for Tyre. You know, and one of the things that as thinking about some of these materials that are mentioned here in the construction of this ship that represents Tyre, or for example, in verse five, the cedar from Lebanon really stands out. That there are, are very beautiful things that are described here. And it, it's not it's not that the beauty or the strength of these materials is a bad thing, far from it, but the purpose that this beauty is intended to serve, that's where I think the idolatry of Tyre comes in, the pride of Tyre comes in. Because the the cedar from Lebanon or the the ivory from the you know you've got the coast of Cyprus you know inlaid with ivory and you've got the blue and the purple dyes that you were talking about earlier all of these things are not there to give glory to God as say the cedars of Lebanon were to give glory to God in the construction of His temple these are these are here giving glory to man and so I think that's another thing we should point out it's not that these beautiful, strong, the best of the best materials are inherently bad, but they are being put to use in the wrong way. They're being put to use to serve the glory of man rather than the glory of God. Exactly. And and Tyre uh, was dedicated to the god Baal Milkart, uh, which was um, the, it was the king of Tyre, who was the father of Jezebel, who was married to um, King Ahab of, of the northern kingdom of kingdom Israel. And it was their intention on uh, causing uh, Israel and Judah to turn away from uh, their God, the Lord, uh, to uh, Baal. And uh, in this case, it was a, you know, real, real strong uh, cult of, uh, you know, pagan cult. And so, so not only was the resources used to glorify man, but also uh, this false god that they centered their uh, religious life in. Right. Yeah. The, the pagan idolatry that was happening in Tyre is certainly a, a part of their pride and part of their judgment that they're going to receive from the Lord. In terms of these first 11 verses, Pastor Boyce Claire, are there any other details in there that you really want to point out? Things that you, you want to, I mean, there's, I sure, I'm sure there's tons of details we could get into about what, what was so important about the, maybe the elders of Gabal and her skilled men or things, the rowers from Sidon. But are there any details particularly that you think are significant for us to, to pay attention to before we move on to the rest of the text it it shows the the the, the scope of of the um 
the mercantile empire that the, this this uh, city was was uh, you know built upon. Uh, you know, they there it, it it shows it shows like it's from all the way from uh, northern uh, Africa to Greece. Of course, Javan is is Greece. Uh, in in and in um, Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey, then Cyprus, obviously, then then also uh, Damascus and Syria, then Persia is even mentioned. Uh, so so they had they had quite a a sweep of uh, influence at this time, and and so they were quite a quite a world power. I, and I I think that's a helpful thing, particularly as we, as we move forward into the text, just as a. a the way that this text paints a picture of the ancient world that maybe isn't the one that we have in our minds. Uh, sometimes it, I think it's easy for us to car- caricature the ancient world as you know, everything took a long time to get from one place to another. They didn't have all the great technology that we have today. And, and yet you read a text like this, which has described Tyre as this wonderfully made ship, and what we're going to come to, which almost sounds like a, a shipping manifest of the, all of the things that they were trading, uh, this was this was no small industry that was going on there in Tyre. And as you said, I mean, this is a worldwide thing that we're talking about. We're we're talking about a trade that that spans the globe, essentially, at least the the known the known world at the time. It's I think it's it's just I, I know for me personally, it helps me to have a better picture of of what life in the ancient world would have been like rather than just some sort of stereotyped, you know, plain Jane, like I know my neighbor and that's it. Well, no, Tyre actually had quite the dealings with other parts of the world. So I think we're going to see that as the text continues. We're picking up again in verse 12. Tarshish, Tarshish did business with you because of your great wealth of every kind, silver, iron, tin, and lead they exchanged for your wares. Javan, Tubal, and Meshech traded with you. They exchanged human beings and vessels of bronze for your merchandise. From Beth to Garma, they exchanged horses, war horses, and mules for your wares. The men of Dedan traded with you. Many coastlands were your own special markets. They brought you in payment ivory tusks and ebony. Syria did biz- sorry Syria did business with you because of your abundant goods they exchanged for your wares emeralds purple embroidered work fine linen coral and ruby Judah and the land of Israel traded with you they exchanged for your merchandise wheat of minneth meal honey oil and balm Damascus did business with you for your abundant goods because of your great wealth of every kind Wine of Helbon and wool of Sahar and casks of wine from Uzal, they exchanged for your wares. Wrought iron, Kasha, and Calamus were bartered for your merchandise. Dedan traded with you in saddlecloths for riding. Arabia and all the princes of Kedar were your favored dealers in lambs, rams, and goats. In these they did business with you. The traders of Sheba and Rama traded with you. They exchanged for your wares the best of all kinds of spices and all precious stones and gold. Haran, Kana, Eden, traders of Sheba, Ashur, Kilimad traded with you. In your market, these traded with you in choice garments, in clothes of blue and embroidered work, and in carpets of colored material bound with cords and made secure. The ships of Tarshish 
traveled for you with your merchandise. So you were filled and heavily laden in the heart of the seas. That takes us through verse 25. Pastor Boyce Claire, in, in that section, we get a picture of all of these various places and various goods that were there. It, it almost, I mean, it, it almost sounds like a shipping manifest of sorts. Uh, it's striking that Tarshish shows up at the beginning, verse 12, and then at the end, verse 25, almost like bookends in terms of, okay, this is the, the trade. Just at least on this side of the break, thinking about the places, and I don't think we have time, and unfortunately you can't draw me a map. I would love for you to be able to draw me a map over on the radio. Yeah, I, I, I love maps. <laughs> I, I was I was my uh, star pupil in uh, in geography in second grade, I remember. Fantastic. <laughs> the, the teacher always asked me, where is this? <laughs> so I point on the map. So, so with, with all of these place names, can you at least kind of give us a, and again, without going into, you know, we can't necessarily, we may not even know precisely where each one is, but can you kind of at least draw some boundaries for us in terms of the, you mentioned Tarshish being towards Spain. How far in each direction are we are we going here generally with these places that are named? Well, yeah, from probably from Spain, then circling around uh, in Greece, uh, Greece is mentioned, and then definitely Asia Minor, places in Asia Minor, that which would be like Turkey. So ter- going around there, even as far south as Sheba. Sheba, of course, would be like uh, Numidia or, or um, Ethiopia in, in Africa. And so, and so that's it's kind of like it's, it's a center, it's center of uh, um, you know, influence. Um, and, and you, you might see, see really a big, strong parallel with, uh, you know, the, the trade in our world today. Um, it, it's just like this was a trading uh, world power at this time. Yeah. So lots of, lots of places all over the world. That's where Tyre is trading and they're trading in all kinds of goods. And I think we'll pick up the goods on the other side of the break. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on KFUO. We're talking Ezekiel chapter 27 with Pastor David Boisclair. We'll be right back. Please stick around. Did you know that Lutherans are helping new American immigrants get settled? How about struggling church workers in need of support and refreshment? And we assist at-risk children and provide disaster response to hurricane victims. Through LCMS recognized service organizations, we are doing all this and more. I'm Rahema Kavuga of Lutheran Church Extension Fund, and I don't want you to miss out on hearing what your brothers and sisters in Christ are up to. Visit interesttime.org to see how your support gives life to these works of mercy and love. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Monday, October 25th. We're studying Ezekiel chapter 27, verses 1 to 36 with Pastor David Boisclair. He serves at Bethesda and Faith Lutheran Churches in North St. Louis County in Missouri. Pastor Boisclair, prior to the break, we looked at this section 12 through 25 here in Ezekiel chapter 27, this long list of various places, and you gave us kind of the boundaries that we're talking about here, how widely tire traded in the world. And then, of course, the other thing that stands out here is the various pieces of merchandise that they traded. It's quite the range. What are, and again, without, we can't talk about every single one, but what are some of the significant pieces of merchandise that we need to pay attention to within this list? 
Well, it would be uh, the uh, slave trade or that the, uh, you know, uh, people being uh, a commodity that is that is uh, um, deported through Tyre. And and um, it, it, it's it appears to be that that that's per, one of the uh, sources of God's anger against uh, the city of Tyre. So and the, the slave trade is mentioned specifically there in verse 13, where it says, Javan, Tubal, and Meshach traded with you. They exchanged human beings and vessels of bronze for your merchandise. As, as I was reading this in preparation for our conversation, Pastor Boyce Claire, I was actually reminded of the, it's been about two years ago now that we studied Amos here on Sharper Iron, and a bell started ringing, and I was like, this, I think, was talked about in Amos. So I went back and looked, and in, in Amos chapter 1, verse 9, we, we read this, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyre and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they delivered up a whole people to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. And then you get, I'll fi- set fire to the wall of Tyre and it'll devour her stronghold. So there in, in Amos, we have a, a correlation here. And, and of course, Amos, you know, comes comes prior to Ezekiel on the timeline. Amos is in the the 700s BC, and, and right now we're in the 500s BC. Uh, but it, I mean, so apparently, the slave trade was a was a pretty big part of Tyre's income, and that earns the Lord Lord's wrath there in Amos, and it, he's still calling them to account for it here in Ezekiel 27. Exactly, and and uh, it. What's what's interesting is that earlier in in Ezekiel you have uh, the judgment against Judah that that's that's there and 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 if you have uh, kind of um, nations uh, that are surrounding Judah that are kind of uh, kind of egging egging Nebuchadnezzar on and yeah destroy it destroy it well like the children of Edom is mentioned in the Psalm uh, about. Uh, uh, when we remember the destruction of Jerusalem, and so in the same way as 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 uh, Tyre is sort of being a uh, facilitator for this uh, oppression and and everything, and it's like uh, they're all saying, you know, like if let's say you have a, a big family of, of ch- children and um, one is being punished and the other ones are kind of egging egging that punishment on, then they might get punished as well. You know, that's why that's why uh, you know if you I remember. Remember when my sister was being punished? Uh, I, I'd, I'd be I'd be a little angel, <laughs> so <laughs> no, they wouldn't. I wouldn't get any of it, you know. Uh, so so in this case, it's like God says, well, you know, you're equally culpable of uh, in your sins uh, to Judah, and 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 you're responsible to me too. I'm I'm your God because I'm the only God there is, and. Um, you know, in this particular case, uh, Tyre, Tyre is uh, where they think, well, oh, my goodness, we're on the winning side. We're with Nebuchadnezzar. We're kind of dealing in in uh, uh, human trafficking in this way. And yet, you know, they, they suffer the wrath of God. Hmm. Well, and, and, you know, it's, and it's with Tyre, it's not only the egging on of the, you know, the, the brothers that are there egging on the, the punishment or, or hoping that it gets greater, but there's even the, the thought of profiting off it here, and the slave trade plays right into that. It, in the previous chapter, in, in chapter 26, the, the city of Tyre was, was saying, oh, look, the, the gate of Jerusalem has swung open, and I'm going to be replenished. So there's this thought of, of profiting 
off of the destruction of Jerusalem. And, and here, with just that mention in verse 13 and connected to Amos chapter 1, you know, part of that is is the matter of slave trade. And I mean, that that calls to mind, you know, thinking about when you put it into the context of a family and trying to profit off of off of the of those kinds of things that brought to mind the account of Joseph in Genesis and how, you know, I mean, think of his, his brothers sold him into slavery. Granted, Tyre was not a brother to Israel in the sense that some of these other nations around them, like Ammon, Moab, and Edom were, but, but the fact that Tyre is looking to profit off of this destruction of Jerusalem, it, it goes to show that this long list of, of things that are bought and sold here is is more than a shipping manifest, but within it, you you see how this economic prosperity that was there entire had laud, had led to all kinds of of corruption and sins against the Lord, and I mean, obviously against people if they're engaging in slave trade. Exactly, and and that's you know, and 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 again, it it it's even like in in the situation in our own world. Um, you know, we, we have the great sin of abortion that continues um, uh, in, in, in the midst of, of the prosperity and, 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 and enlightenment of our society. Yet uh, such horrible injustices continue to take place. And, and again, perhaps we should say, kind of like we did at the first section, that the, the beauty and the, the strength of these materials from which Tyre was constructed that beauty, that strength in and of itself isn't isn't wrong or sinful, but the way that it was put to use for the glory of Tyre rather than the glory of God, that became a, mo- a matter of pride and idolatry for the people. So too in this section, it, it's not that engaging in trade or in business is somehow wrong and sinful. We know that God cares about property in the seventh commandment when he says, you shall not steal. But when those things become the ultimate, when those things become idols, when we're willing to do whatever we think we need to do in order to get more of these goods, that's when a, a list like this you know, can become a, a hiding place for, for these great sins that we're talking about. Oh, oh absolutely. And, and, and like, as you mentioned, like there's uh, there is, of course, private property and so on. But then, then along with with property, there become there is coveting and and uh, uh, the desire to, um, you know, in other words, serving mammon rather than God. So you can kind of uh, not. And, and I think you're very. It's very good for us to make a point that it is not. It, it wealth is not a crime. Uh, it isn't money that's a crime. It's the love of money as said, is the root of all evil or the uh, the pursuit of wealth as, you know, irrespective of caring about other people and, and about uh, uh, what what the Lord considers to be important, his priorities, that that is a big problem here. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Because, I mean, you know, you could think just to looking at this list in the various places and the goods that are mentioned, I mean, I suppose it wouldn't be too hard for us to construct a, a similar list with all kinds of places and goods today. Obviously, they would be different, but you could do something similar. And again, it's it's not that that wealth is in and of itself wrong, but the love of that wealth leads to all kind leads to idolatry. It is idolatry, and leads to all other kinds of of sin as well. And in that way, 
Tyre and what happened here stands as a warning to us today, an opportunity for us to look at our own hearts in repentance and and seek out those idols that, that we trust and the ways that we perhaps love money uh, and, and repent accordingly. Pastor Boisclair, other things in this list. I mean, that obviously the the trading of human beings stands out greatly as as one of the sins. In terms of of other things that may be hiding in the background here, or other pieces of of information that you found in researching this text that you think are, are significant that we should pay attention to. What what else do we need to see in this section? Well, well, we you know we know that um, Phoenicia was also the. Um, um, <coughs> A, a place in which they dealt with uh, papyrus from Egypt. So, you, you know, you, you can see that this is really the center of culture, sort of the cradle. It's like a cradle of civilization. And uh, there's, there's fine uh, stones, uh, ruby coral, fine linen. Uh, there's, there's food uh, is, is traded, um, you know, work animals, mules and war horses and so on. It, it's just uh, like like here the prophet is putting his finger on on the world. Hmm. Yeah, you you were telling me during the break that I mean what we get what we get here is a, a picture that you know if if Tyre goes away, it this isn't like well and I don't you live in you live in St Louis County so that's a that's a pretty big a pretty important city within the United States not the most important but certainly very important if St Louis were certainly destroyed you'd notice it. The destruction of Tyre that we're talking about here maybe is more online with imagine if suddenly New York City doesn't exist or uh, Hong Kong, right. something like that. Exactly. That's that's uh, and, 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 and it's not there is no uh, weakness that is apparent. Uh, you can see the contrast in the fact you're talking about the downfall of this center of civilization. And yet. Uh, you know, it, it, in in line with the, the word of God, uh, you know, if God says that he is going to visit judgment upon this, uh, that's that's a, a call for the prophet to uh, sing a lamentation for for it. And and, um, and it, it just strikes at the pride of humankind as the as sort of the root of sinfulness itself. And, um, and and then that'll, of course, be uh, personified in the Prince of Tyre mentioned in the next chapter. Right. Yeah. And, and the, I think that, you know, the pride, uh, just these two sections that we've read so far, trying to, to put them together, you, you do see a picture of the pride here very, very clearly because you've got this well-constructed ship. I mean, it's, it's made of the best materials. You've got the best people who are in charge of, of rowing and steering and protecting. And then this same ship is filled with all of these wonderful goods, such that by the end of verse 25, you know, you were filled and heavy laden in the heart of the seas. The ship is is sitting a little bit low there because it's but it's not a bad thing because it's full of all of this wealth and and it's so well constructed. What could possibly go wrong is is kind of the the picture that you've got here of of Tyre so far. We are talking about a lamentation though, and I think that lamentation really starts to come through as the text continues. So let's keep reading here. We're starting now in verse twenty six of Ezekiel twenty seven. Your rowers have brought you out into the high seas. The east wind has wrecked you in the heart of the seas. 
your riches, your wares, your merchandise, your mariners and your pilots, your caulkers, your dealers in merchandise, and all your men of war who are in you, with all your crew that is in your midst, sink into the heart of the seas on the day of your fall. At the sound of the cry of your pilots, the countryside shakes, and down from their ships come all who handle the oar. The mariners and all the pilots of the sea stand on the land and shout aloud over you and cry bitterly. They cast dust on their heads and wallow in ashes. They make themselves bald for you and put sackcloth on their waist. And they weep over you in bitterness of soul with bitter mourning. In their wailing they raise a lamentation for you and lament over you. Who is like Tyre, like one destroyed in the midst of the sea? When your wares came from the seas, you satisfied many peoples. With your abundant wealth and merchandise, you enriched the kings of the earth. Now you are wrecked by the seas in the depths of the waters. Your merchandise and all your crew in your midst have sunk with you. All the inhabitants of the coastlands are appalled at you, and the hair of their kings bristles with horror. Their faces are convulsed. The merchants among the peoples hiss at you. You have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. That's the rest of our text for today. That was Ezekiel 27, verses 26 through 36. Pastor Boyce Claire, the, the lamentation here really, really shines through. Finally, now, Tyre, in all of its pride and wealth, is going to meet a, a rather terrible end. Uh, help us into to this section. You know, it's interesting. Nowadays, they're discovering so many of the wrecks of uh, the Bronze Age world, uh, and 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 this, of course, is something that, you know on on uh, National Geographic or other other specials where they show where they show all of this. Um, and 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 this this, of course, is is kind of where it's the second part of the lament. You might say you you sort of led up with uh, all just just the tremendous uh, uh, scope and, and, and wealth of this city. And then now uh, it, it basically the ship sinks. Uh, maybe sort of like uh, the, the Titanic uh, was yes. considered to be unsinkable and uh, it, it on its maiden voyage sank in, into the depths of uh, the Atlantic ocean. Uh, so, so also all of humankind's uh, uh pride and and um uh, anything that they put against god much like the people of the uh the tower of babel you know uh, just thinking that they they're in, they're they're totally unconquerable or or you know they, they have nothing to worry about and which is what happens when people get very wealthy uh they 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 seem to forget about god they they think that uh they they will never want for anything that that everything will will go well and nothing but blue skies and sunshine ahead of them but here it comes the um the day of reckoning and and the ship has sunk yeah i mean that's that's the picture that comes out right away in this part 26 and 27 you know here's this ship filled to the brim with all these goods so well constructed so well piloted and yet what happens here comes the east wind and and just i mean reading verse 27 particularly where almost you know every single thing gets repeated the riches the wares the merchandise the mariners and pilots everything that the people thought was going to keep this ship from sinking 
now all of it is sunk along with the ship. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the Tower of Babel. The, the image that, that came to my mind was the, the account from uh, Luke chapter 12, where Jesus talks about that. And I, I think it's a parable. The, the rich man who has all this, you know, his, his crops do really, really well and says, what am I going to do with all of it? I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger ones. And, and then he's going to eat, drink, and be merry. And then it's that night that the Lord demands his life of him. You know, and I think it, Tyre undergoes the, the same thing here, that they, they thought they had it made, this ship couldn't be sunk, and suddenly the ship is sunk, and they they go down with the ship. It It is a, a reminder of the the deceitfulness of wealth, that it it promises so much, but it never can deliver all that it promises. Exactly. In in uh, verse twenty six, you, you mentioned the east wind. Uh, it you know commentators point out that that is often a um, a tool of God's judgment uh, against uh, sinful humanity. Uh, is the east the east wind is spoken of? I'm I'm thinking that there was like a nor'easter that uh, kind of caused the shipwreck of the apostle Paul in in the. Uh, uh, late part of the book of Acts. Of course, that wasn't wasn't necessarily a uh, an act of judgment. Of course, it was. Uh, but but in, in in this particular case, the that east wind, of course, is is an is really a uh, uh, an agent of God's uh, wrath upon um, Tyre or or upon any uh, seafaring peoples. Mm. Yeah, I, with the east wind, I'm glad you pointed that out. It it reminds me in the. In the pre no two chapters ago in chapter twenty five, there were people from the east who were going to come and bring God's judgment upon. Let me make sure I say this right. But yes, both Ammon and Moab. It was going to be people from the east that were coming. It wasn't a wind. But now, now that you 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 got me thinking, and I I'm probably not going to be able to find it right now. But was it was it an east wind that the Lord brought locusts into Egypt for one of the plagues? I can't. I can't remember now. But I was. I was. When you thought about talking about wind being an instrument of God's judgment, it seems to me that one of the plagues. And I. I, I have to look at that. Maybe. We'll, we'll, yeah. Yeah. That. Well. Yes. Uh, it was. It was a. It was a wind, which. Uh, and and I'm. I'm just kind of. I'm. I'm kind of looking here. Uh, the. Uh, let's see. The locusts are the eighth plague. Uh, Exodus ten, and the Lord said unto Moses. Okay. It says. Uh, Okay, and then the cover. Oh, you know right. what? No, I'm I'm looking at that too now. It's in it's in verse 13 of chapter 10, where the Lord brings an east wind, and yeah, yeah, that's what brings the locusts. There it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, you helped me out there, Pastor. Yeah, Royce there. Here. Yeah, that's 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 uh, that definitely. There that, you go. That's part okay. part of bringing one of that one a very very devastating plague. You know the the uh, the hail the the burning hail and everything else that that was brought on Egypt. And then as if there was anything else left over, it was the locusts that, that, uh, uh destroyed the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, yeah, with that being the locust, you're right. That was kind of the, and then the darkness and the Passover, the final two, but yeah, the, the locust pretty much everything that the other plagues hadn't gotten, particularly the hail, the locust just came and finished off. And so, you know, here again with the east wind, I think that we've got a similar thing going on with Tyre. Uh, what what else in, in this section, Pastor Boyce Clear, we, we get a picture of like the mariners and the pilots, there are other people who are witnessing this, 
and they're mourning, they're participating in this lamentation. What what else do you see in this section? Yes, and and just the practices of uh, uh, lamentation and mourning, uh, which which is are also um, kind of uh, somewhat reminiscent reminiscent of of repentance. Um, you know, so that's, I mean, spiritually, this is something that's good for the people as, uh, you know, the, the, um, God of course shows as a, sort of as a, um, uh, as an example tire of, of his judgment, you know, it's held up, uh, before, uh, you know, the, the prophet of, uh, prophet Ezekiel is, is, is putting setting this down is look at look at you know as as strong and as wealthy and as uh influential as tyre was it is is it is also subject to uh judgment and 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 uh then then of course there should be this act of repentance although as as the scripture says uh, rend your hearts not your garments uh, and, and in this particular case, uh, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, all, all of these actions uh, were, were to show uh, that the people were, were genuinely uh, dismayed and, and, um, and, and put into a great deal of, of um, uh, mourning. Mm. Uh, one of the, the things that stands out in the lamentation is in the, that, that is begun in verse 32, is that very first line, who is like Tire, which sounds really loaded, you know. Instead, of, because who is like Tire? Well, you should be. Who is who is like the Lord? I think you you see a picture of the pride of Tire, and, and maybe the the ways that others viewed Tire. But I, I think that question also provides uh, perhaps a bit of a, a handle on the way out of this pride. In, instead of asking who is like Tire, to recognize well, think about instead the one who's bringing the judgment, and then you're going to start down the right walk in the right way. Exactly. This is very similar to in the book of Revelation, you know, who is like Babylon, yeah. uh, you know, fallen, fallen is Babylon, the great, of course, which is Rome, <clears throat> obviously. And and in this case, it's it's uh, but but as you, you said, it, it it's kind of a, 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 a phrase or a semantic that is usually used with regard to the Lord, who is like the Lord in heaven and, and uh, he, he rules, rules over the world. And, and, but in this case, it's just kind of like a situation is, you know, look at this. Remember uh, that there is a day of judgment coming at this, that, that, that even such a, a wealthy and powerful nation of the world can be brought low by the power of, of him with whom we have to do. And even as, as the writer of the letter to Hebrews also says, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of of the living God. Mm. Uh, and as this this part of Ezekiel comes to a close here in chapter 27, now the, the mourning that we were talking about turns to the people being appalled, the people being, I mean, you've got images of horror, faces convulsed, you know, and, and recognizing that, that what has happened, essentially, I, I think, to the city of Tyre, this, is a, this does stand as a warning for other cities, for anyone who would look upon this and don't do what Tyre did, essentially. Exactly, and and um, and, and basically, uh, it is pride is, is such a it's such a horrible sin 
um, and and uh, it, it, it's it's the it's sort of the first sin, you know, when when the uh, serpent in the in the uh, Garden of Eden tempted our first parents, uh, you know, it says you will be like God, knowing good and evil, you know. So it uses, you know, the, the the lie that is said, you will not surely die. Uh, you're you're not going to suffer any consequences for, uh, you know, putting yourself first. But guess what? Uh, surprise. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pastor Boyce Claire, we have about three minutes left on the morning. Ezekiel 27, again, stands in this section of Ezekiel, oracles against the nations, and within a, a larger chunk of text that's directed toward Tyre. As you think about the text that we've got for this morning, help us to, you know, to, to wrap things up, summarize what we've talked about, and, and particularly with when a text has so much words of, of judgment, of law, condemnation, how does a text like this serve the purpose of scripture and point us toward Jesus Christ. Well, as as the law is the purpose of the law is not to be God's last word that uh that even when humanity is driven uh to to despair of itself it is then that the word of the gospel comes through that uh, you know you are I have brought you low you know I have I have caused you to um, you know, to suffer, uh, you know, judgment from because of your sins. Yet, yet I love you, despite that, and and that uh, you know, in in the midst of all of that devastation and destruction, uh, you know, God refreshes us with, I I will be your savior. I will I will bring you out of your uh, wretchedness, and I will uh, I will bring you life through my Son. Pastor David Boyce-Claire is pastor at Bethesda and Faith Lutheran Churches in North St. Louis County, Missouri, helping us today with Ezekiel 27, verses 1 to 36. Pastor Boyce-Claire, thank you for being our guest today. It's been a, just a real pleasure to be able to sharpen my iron as I wield the uh, sword of God's Word. I'm your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. If you have any questions about the book of Ezekiel, comments on the series, please send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or use the open mic feature on the app to send a message to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.